Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hi, this is Frank Viola from BeyondEvangelical.com, and you're listening to one of the most entertaining podcasts on the web today, the Church Planter Podcast with Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell. We got no food, we got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off! <laughs> hey, Church Planter, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Coming to you for the Star Wars Podcast. Oh, wait a second. It's not Star Wars. It's uh, Church Planner. Church Planner. That's right. Church Planner Podcast. That's the one. Oh, oh okay. Because I came prepared for the Star Wars podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. We so need to do a Star Wars podcast, Pete. Oh, we, can, we keep talking about all the podcasts we want to do <laughs> and need to do, and they're never going to happen. Like, it's a miracle. We got hardcore church planning off the ground in addition to this one. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, it it was a miracle. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually noticed a lot of the podcasts that I like listening to or used to are dying off. Really? Yeah. I know the guys who do them, and I think they just ran out of gas. <clears throat> I think they're like, perhaps, you know, because it's a lot of work. Like this one gal, she had a podcast called uh, uh, Born to Influence. <laughs> It was a six-day-a-week podcast. She'd interview people for an hour, split it into a half hour, and so you'd basically get three people a week, right? Because it's the same person two days in a row. And um, they did, I don't know, over 100 of those, maybe 150 wow. or so, and uh, and then, like, stopped, like, just quit. So I don't know if she and her partner, like, went Splitsville or, or what, because... Uh, I think that was part of the issue. I think it just became a burden. Yeah, I don't know, man. All all I know is we have fun doing it. So I think when we when it stops being fun, we probably won't do it. Michael, I have a strange feeling about this. What are you talking about? You don't have feelings. I know. That's what's strange about it. <laughs> That's like me and you. Oh, right? here's here's my favorite sound effect ever. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish just like grape. Here. Church planting. Same thing. Either you. Church planting do. Yes. Or Church planting do. No. You. Church planting do. Guess so. Just like grape. <laughs> Oh, man, I wish I could have gotten my voice like Miyagi. Oh, It's so much better because it's clearly you dubbed in. 
Yeah. That's what makes that like one of my favorite sound clips ever. I was laughing so hard when I made that. Oh my gosh. I think I was like, my wife was either cooking dinner or she somehow <laughs> had me in the kitchen. And that means I was probably like taco night. We've got like five meals at the Mitchell house and one of them is taco night and I got to make the taco shells. And I was like doubled over in the kitchen hoping I didn't spill the hot meat on my head because I was laughing so hard when I heard that thing. Oh, that's so funny. It was great. It was totally great. Um, well, before we get started with, uh, well, actually, let's get, let's give everyone a little preview. What is today's topic? Oh, and then oh, we got to ask some... me now when it's not in front of me. Preparing your team or prepping your team for launch. Mm. You, you like how I do that whenever I say a a a a, a, a topic. I I always kind of um, I I retitle it as I'm giving it halfway through. Preparing, you know, no, no, prepping your team for launch always. Every time without fail. I've I need to work noticed. on these titles better. I, I've actually never paid attention to anything you said. So I, I always notice that the titles are always better when they're on there. It, it, like when people come to me and go, what's your sermon title? I'm like, I don't know. Listen to it. <laughs> you tell me. I, I don't care about the title. And yet the title is really important when you're posting something online. But, oh, it totally uh, is. It's, I don't pay attention. It's called the I pay headline. attention to the content. What I'm saying. Well, uh, before we get to preparing or prepping your team for uh, launch. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Now that it's that part of the show where we talk smack, what you going to do when the Church Planner podcast runs wild on you? He's back, baby. He's back. <laughs> that one's for Barry. Barry, there's your Hulk Hogan for you. The Church Planner podcast isn't the podcast that planners deserve. But the podcast they need. Yes, this is what happens when the sound effects machine is working flawlessly. Both of us can hear it. The show becomes well, all about the sound effects. I want to hear what Frank Viola has to say about us. Didn't I play that? I played that to start us off. How you about did? Yeah, yeah, that's how I started. I did Frank Viola, then right into uh, our pets. Heads are falling off. Oh, we were actually recording then? Yeah. <laughs> as long as I hit the record button. Yeah. I thought we were just screwing around. It, it, you guys probably will not find this hard to believe, but Pete and I get on here and we go to record and we must screw around for about 10 minutes before we even like recorded the podcast talking about absolute nonsense. It, it would be good if it was only 10 minutes because I like have such a tight schedule for everything. And I know like in my day, anything that involves Peyton Jones it automatically gets like bloated. I'm like, okay, it's a half hour extra. Let's just tack on a half hour. Cause that is the sound of your time sucking out the bunghole. Here's a little something from Lance Ford. Hey, this is Lance Ford. And you're listening to hardcore church planting with the two greatest metrosexual hosts in church planting world that you'll ever meet. Well, this this isn't hardcore church planting, but, uh, it's hard to argue with him. I'm, I'm pretty Actually. much a metrosexual. That's I think everyone who's ever met me has said he's such a sharp dresser. He's either gay or a metrosexual. Pretty much. Everyone. Oh yeah, it's the skinny jeans, Pete. It's I'm all about the skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> that and spandex. Whenever I can, wherever I can. That's all I'm saying. Asked me that last time I played it. It's funny. Battlestar Galactica. Oh, nice. Do you do you remember? Uh, I, I sent you. You sent me an awesome uh, gift today of, of of the new Force Awakens <laughs> bad guy shooting the Force powers at me. But I sent you uh, the chick from Saturday Night Live, uh, Mary Catherine, whatever. Yeah. That sticks her her fingers in her armpits and smells them. Yeah. That was a great gift. Well, I, I sent you something. the Force the bad guy using the force to like, you know, thrust people back with his Jedi power because you sent me the hang in there, kitty. <laughs> and so I was sending back to you the force going, get this away from me. So Pete and I send each other. If, if you've missed the podcast, we talk about that. Pete and I occasionally send each other a hang in there, kitty picture. And it's a cat hanging from a stick. Uh, and it says hang in there. And it's meant to be inspiring. Well, I thought what was funny is because we got the star Wars app, 
you took like the best selfie. It allows you to take a selfie <laughs> and like place it in a Jedi outfit, or there's one where there's a Princess Leia outfit. And so it's you with your big old goatee <laughs> looking like Princess Leia. So then I add in there, hang in there, buttercup, and post it on Facebook for you. Cause yeah, I don't know if you could have put my caption, which was uh, pucker up big guy. And I'm, I'm, I've got the biggest, ugliest kiss ready. I don't know. To kiss. To do something I, to I kiss. was debating, should I put this on Facebook or should I save this for when he sends me a, a hang in there kitty? <laughs> and I was like going to send it back to you. But, you know, it's kind of like asking a kid, will you wait until Christmas or do you want your present now? I got to have my present now. I couldn't oh, wait. That's awesome. So I saw something kind of funny this morning. It was a, a a Martin Luther. You know that old black and white 1950s Martin Luther film? And the guy looks angry all the time that plays Martin Luther. He's kind of big. No. And uh, no. So anyways, there's this old film. It's horribly boring. I mean, it is really boring. But there's this one scene where the, he's meeting with, like, the cardinal. And the cardinal's going, if you take away good works and, and you just leave them with faith to uh, believe is the basis of their whole relationship or their whole religion. What does that leave them? And, and someone had edited uh, when it flashes, it's flashing back and forth. Like the movie does to their faces, total old black and white movie. When it flashes back to Martin Luther, he's got these like black shades on and he goes, Christ, <laughs> everything is about Jesus. And then the next, uh, scene is this hip-hop party where they've superimposed martin luther and john calvin's heads on a bunch of hip-hop guys like jumping around going yeah 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 woohoo!" <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty funny at 5 a.m I'm, I'm gonna take your word that that was pretty funny i you know earlier this week i decided to try out some new coffee creamer now as Peyton knows, <laughs> I like cream and sugar, or I like a little bit of coffee, I should say, with my cream and sugar. I'm all about the cream and sugar. And I've noticed that I never drank coffee really before I had kids. <laughs> and then the more kids I've had, the more coffee I drink. I, I don't know if there's a correlation. It's just something that actually Ryan Farrar pointed out. And I was like, you know what? I think he's on to something with that. So the other day, I'm at the grocery store, and... My favorite coffee creamer is white chocolate mocha. I mean, I'll actually go out of my way and go to a Walmart, which in California, Walmarts are pretty nasty. Ooh, chocolate. And and I'll get those, right? So I'm at the store, and there's, there's one I've never seen before. It's chocolate chip cookie oh. coffee creamer. Oh, you're killing me. And I was like, I have to try this. I'm not kidding, man. I had a cup of that, and I was like, I feel like I'm eating cookies and drinking coffee at the same time. <laughs> it's perfect. It was so good that I kid you not, later that day, I went back, and I had another cup of coffee. I usually make them iced coffee because it's been so hot this summer. And I look back at the coffee creamer bottle. I've got, like, enough for one more day's worth of coffee. That means on one day, I pretty much had the whole bottle. That's how good it was. Are you serious? It's, that's pretty. And I actually haven't been able to touch it since. I've, I felt kind of sick. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need to go to Costco and get yourself like a case of it. But the thing is, at Costco, they've only got like French vanilla, Irish cream, and like regular. And I'm just, Isn't that funny about Costco, though? It has to be like something that the masses will appreciate. Apparently. And you know what? Costco is actually not that cheap anymore. Like once no. once upon a time they were like it. They they were the cheapest yeah. place. They're not anymore. No, they're not. They don't have to be. You're hooked. Once yeah. you go there, you're like, I'm coming here again tomorrow. I've actually written about the brilliance of their marketing. The whole uh. membership thing is actually brilliant. They tell you in their paperwork, well, you know, that fifty five dollar a year fee that you pay, that's what keeps our our uh prices low. Uh, no, the fact that millions of people shop at your store and vendors will do anything to get their product in there is what keeps the prices low. Yeah. What keeps me being a sucker and coming back to you is like, Oh, I'm a member. You even make me flash my card to get in, but there's no way I could check out without my card. So what do you care if I come walk around your store? I mean, it's just like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's great marketing. It's great marketing. Yeah. That's, that's what's makes it so ridiculous. Yeah, it is. I am the 
Knight automated roving robot. Car, if you prefer. I am the prototype of the car of the future. That was the bad robot on Knight Yes, Rider. of course. I love, K. I, I love that Hector Mora, if he actually exists, put on Facebook a picture of a T-shirt. I think I caught or I, I tagged you in it, right? Yeah, and it was did. like, this is our new church T-shirt or something like that. And it was the display from Knight Rider, you know, the mouthpiece and how it looked all around the mouth on uh, on Kit. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, that's a cool T-shirt. And I'm like, OK, this guy does not realize what this is. No. This is Knight you Rider. Need a, you need the matching pants and a belt buckle that has the roving light. That was the, the funniest buckle. line to me when you put that on there because I'm just like imagining <laughs> this belt buckle with the <laughs> light going back and forth. <laughs> however that noise was do you have that noise i could find it i don't the have a light that goes up. back and forth yeah man and i found us the best quotes for the podcast and i i didn't know how to download them right so uh but dude oh my gosh just wait I think well, that's my mission today. I'll well, go and do that. Now we've now, now we've got it. I mean, it's working now. We're on Skype, and apparently we can use the soundboard on Skype. I, I am your father. <gasps> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, that's, you know, it, as long as, you know, he doesn't end up being Princess Leia's father. I could handle him being Luke's, but, you know, Princess Leia's, that would be too much for me. I got a bad feeling about this. That's all I'm saying. Just wait for it, guys. That's going to be that line, if you did not know, is in every single movie, and it will be in every movie coming up. Has it been in every single movie? It has. Every single movie. I love how uh, we had someone actually worried that we were uh, in violation of, uh, of Star Wars's copyright. Well, we are a big threat to them. Um, we, we might actually overtake them. It, yeah, it's quite possible we'll have more fans in Star Wars. I have a friend that works for Disney who recently told me that in, in a board meeting, because, um, you know, they've just had a changeover in leadership, that the new leader has his eye on us. And we came up as a topic of conversation. That uh, We actually come up as a topic of conversation at, at many events, usually not positively, but uh, <laughs> but we do come up as a topic. You know, Indeed. I'm just so, gonna, hey, I'm just going to throw let's, that out there. Uh, any, any unusual weird things? That, you know, I know I have them and I can't remember them. But You have failed me for the last time. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't think of anything. My my life has been so busy. Tonight, I it's it, this is like a weird night for me. Tomorrow morning, I've got to be in San Diego at 9 a.m. And there's no way I'm going to get up at 5 a.m., hit the road by 6 <clears throat> To get there fresh and ready to go by eight thirty, because it's a it's an event for a client. I'm like, I'm I'm not gonna do it. Like dealing with rush hour traffic from mm. where I live to go to San Diego in the morning. That's crazy. I might have to even get up at like four. Like, and I'm not a morning guy, right? Like I get up every day by seven thirty. <laughs> that's that's the time I wake up. I don't set an alarm. I don't like alarms. I just I don't. It's not the way I roll. So, um. So tonight, I got to drive to San Diego. So I'm getting a hotel room tonight because I'm like, I'm not getting up early. So I'm driving to San Diego after dinner, after, you know, I've said, you know, my goodnight to the kids. I'm going to drive down to San Diego. I got to stop off at your house because you stole something of mine and didn't give it back. And I need it <laughs> tomorrow morning. what you have stolen from me. Time edits. That was free. I, I need it tomorrow morning. So... <laughs> It's actually good that it's in San Diego because it goes right by your house. Absolutely. On my way yeah, to, you, you've made the mistake down. of popping your trunk. Oh, hey, I need that. <laughs> then, like, you didn't even use it. You're like, oh, well, let's just take it back to the booth in case I need to use that. Yeah, how disappointing was that? That whole conference. I'm not going back. You know what? Here's the thing. A lot of guys really got a lot out of it. I just think where our mind was at, we weren't, we weren't properly in the right frame of mind for that conference. No, I'm talking about for jump school, man. I just, I did not, I just, it, yeah. Anyways, here's, I will, this is what I'll say about this conference. To me, I've been telling you for years that we shouldn't be a vendor at this conference. Yes. But it's kind of, it's your background. It's, it's your, they're your people much more than they're my people. <laughs> but, this is where I was like, okay, this conference to me 
they are just literally ripping off their sponsors. Everybody who's got a booth at it. Because during the sessions, they would turn out the light. That, that's what I was going to say. In the auditorium. The, most of the day, the lights were off and everybody's sitting in the dark. Because they didn't want people to be in there. They wanted them to be in the session. Here's my point to that. First of all, I did not pay for you to turn out the lights on me. If your people aren't entertained enough by your sessions that they want to leave there because they're going to get more value in here with me, then that's on you. <laughs> Not on me. So turn on the lights. Like I would have literally, if I had paid, I would have been thrown a fit with them. They would have and not invited me back. The irony was this year we were like, we'll stay at our booth because last year tons of people came to our I booth. I never said that, by the way. <laughs> I, I said it. And and I'm your handler at these events. So, you know, I, I you you're know. the evangelist. You actually like to go talk to people. Yeah, I talked to everybody. But but here's the thing. Everybody kept coming by our booth last year going, you weren't there. Like you guys, and of course, we were. We'd be like at Islands or whatever. But here's, and I'm only teasing. We were actually there, but I was probably talking to people. This year, I said, you know, I'm going to stay there and boom, boom, boom. And they shut the lights off during most of the day, almost the entire conference other than uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner breaks. And then the, uh, the, the little short coffee breaks. Other than that, you were, they turned the light off. And here was the funny thing is all these guys are sitting in the dark. Like you and I were like, let's get out of here. I think we had the best chicken burrito ever. They brought the, uh, taco cart out in the lunchtime. Oh my gosh. That was I think we went there just for that. That was like the All burrito I can say of is the, the onions pretty much killed me, and therefore they <laughs> almost killed everyone else around me afterwards. But man, it, what, the funniest part to me was all these vendors are just sitting there in the dark most of the day. I think everybody like, was ticked. I think everybody was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I did not pay for you to turn the lights out on me. Yeah. I really hope that someone like calls them out on it, and I hope that they understand the faux pas they made. Yeah. And don't do it to the next guys. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, could you imagine like being at exponential where they charge like five grand for a booth and they're like, Oh, we're going to turn out the lights. <laughs> I mean, there would be people with pitchforks. Oh, <laughs> we'd yeah. be going after you. Oh yeah. But well, cool. <laughs> Dude, I'm loving the Southern Baptist. So, oh my gosh. I oh, can't believe God. you made me a Baptist again. Yeah, isn't that awesome? But I'm only a Baptist I by proxy. Uh -huh. Most people, most people at the church don't know they're Baptists. They don't know. No. They don't know. They'd they're probably be offended. Now. They're like, "I thought I was at a Calvary church. What do you mean we're Southern Baptist?" No, you're a Southern Baptist. <laughs> they're like, "Well, if I'm Baptist, then can't I vote on things?" <laughs> oh wait, oh wait, we still have dual affiliation. <laughs> am, am I not supposed to tell? Am I not supposed to remind people that uh, Baptists are membership driven, not team leadership? Yeah. Yeah, I see your point. Um, I have to excommunicate you now. I was not able to join my dad's church until I was 14 because that's when I was baptized. Are you serious? Yeah. We're not recording yet. Oh, no, we're recording. What are you talking about? I'm oh. just saying this is the way it was. <laughs> we had to go through a six-week course led by my dad, and then uh, you could get baptized, and then you could become a member of the church. And then you had to show up like once or twice a year in order to vote. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I've never been notified that I've been kicked off, but uh, I assume I'm no longer uh, a member at that church. You probably are still a member. They probably like every minute, every Actually, time it's minuted. Pete Mitchell abstains due to absenteeism. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, that church, after my dad left, um, they got another guy in there who had totally different designs on the church. He pulled them out of the denomination, the, the Baptist denomination that they were with. They went independent, and now they're like this total fundamentalist church. No. Like, it right. says right on their website, we believe that what this nation needs is good King James Version reading of the Bible. And it's got to be the 1700 version of the King James, of the King James, you know? And it's like totally just, I'm like, okay, do you guys realize where you're at? You're in the middle of the hood. <laughs> There's like... All these white people with ties. It's it's interesting. It's interesting nice. to watch. Interesting to watch. Well, cool, man. Should we get into our topic? <laughs> are you are you pretty much like let's I'm, get let's get Pete off of this? <laughs> no, I'm actually just thinking. How long has this been? How long? Twenty something minutes. We good? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Well, uh, hey, 
before we do that, uh, Yoda, can you uh, can you strike a pose? Welcome, you are. This week's episode of the Church Planter Podcast is brought to you by MoGive. Emoji Ivy. <laughs> that hurts, doesn't it? I can yeah. tell. That hurts. Peyton, <laughs> let me ask you something. Have you been pulling at Daniel Williams? Yes. Daniel Williams pulling, I have. <laughs> so you've been using PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder to get people to give online? There is no try. Only <laughs> PayPal. <laughs> well, stop it. A better solution is here. It's MoGive.com. M-O-G-I-V. Actually, in, in, in all seriousness, I did. I went to Daniel Williams Church this week because I had to uh, find out some contact info for him. And so I'm like checking out his website. I'm like, wow, this is a cool website. I kind of like it. And then I go over to the give page just because of MoGive, right? And I wanted to see if, you know, if he listened to the podcast, if he signed up with MoGive. And lo and behold, it's a PayPal link. Woohoo! It's a cheap and easy placeholder, guys. Changing the world, baby. It's a cheap One and easy placeholder. Sign up with MoGive. I mean, it's like literally our church right now. It's a big portion of our giving. And we are yeah. in the middle of the hood with like, I don't know, 30%. No, maybe more like 20% of our people homeless. Yeah, I actually got uh, some one of my guys this week was like, hey, man, I've actually been talking to people. I'm getting feedback about the online. They're super happy about it. And it's showing, man. It is actually showing in our bank account. Oh, it's totally showing. In our, if it wasn't for that, we would really be hurting right now as a church. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's how uh, important a thing it is. So in, in all seriousness, guys, sign up with MoGive. I mean, it's it's like... I don't. I don't want to say what it's going to cost you because I don't really know all of that stuff. It's, but I know it's very competitive. It's, well, it's, it's more than just than competitive. I know because yeah. um, I've got businesses that have merchant accounts, right? And so I'm telling you, it's more than competitive with that. And I think we were paying like five bucks a month as a church. Yeah. I mean, to be able to give online and and what it's doing for us, it's so worth that five bucks a month. Oh, but I don't yeah. want to say that it's going to cost you five bucks because. I think they got free plans and I think like, you know, they got, you know, more plans than that. Like, I think they got just a variety of plans to meet whatever your needs are. So, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you get in touch with them, you can actually talk with a guy there. Um, I know in Southern California, it's Kent Woodyard. Um, he's awesome. And he'll, he'll walk you through everything, tell you exactly what they do. And he'll tell you why. I mean, I guess that's his job, but he'll tell you why he's better than than most of the other guys out there ready to take your money. Yeah. So go to mogive.com forward slash choich for more information. So, uh, Doc, can you uh, tee us up? Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Peyton, well, what yeah. is this week's topic? Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about prepping your team for launch. And what what brought this up to me was, again, you know, we're getting ready for a relaunch. Not only are we going to Bixby, but we are going to do a proper, that's going to be more like a short-term outreach for about six weeks summer mission. But we're actually going to change venue. We're not going back to the school. We found a new place that we're going. And a new place, like uh, I think last week, wasn't it, where I said that you relaunch a church? Um, you know, you, you, here's the reason you would relaunch. Today, I want to talk about how to prep your team for that, because I'm having to do many of the same things that I had to do uh, back in the beginning when we launched the church in the first place. And funny little history about Refuge Long Beach was that it started off as a satellite campus. So um, there was a satellite campus here for um, 18 months, roughly. Um, I've had people say, no, it was longer or it was shorter, but it was roughly about 18 months. The reason I know is I was there the second night. Um, and even back then they said, hey, would you take it? And I was living over in Wales. Well, what ended up happening was um, uh, when I came in, there was a sudden influx of people. They're like, hey, Peyton's back in America. And I promptly got rid of all of them. I told them how hard it was going to be. I told them it was going to suck. And um, church plantings, you know, it, it's not for lightweights. And if you're here because it's close to your house, 
isn't going to work out for you. If you're here for convenience, church planning is not your thing. This is going to be blood, sweat, and tears. And I gave what I call the, the Jesus eat my, eat my flesh and drink my blood speech. And um, to the point where even my uh, co-planner, Charlie, was like, hey, um, I, I think you need to, to ease off because everybody's leaving. And, um, and, and that was cool by me. But, but the reality is most of the people that were there on this little satellite campus that was like 2530, um, next town over Long Beach from Huntington, and uh, they, they just, you know, I wasn't my singing pastor. I wasn't Bill. He was a radio personality, and um, I just wasn't him. And so a lot of guys didn't stay on it. So I had a, I had a few leftovers uh, from the old group, um, but, but really we formed a brand new core team. And some of those guys came through New Breed. Others were through contacts. Others I recruited. Others heard about it and came. But, you know, gathering the core team is one thing, but prepping. In fact, in Jump School, we have a whole month on this subject. One is all about gathering your, your core team, but, you know, that's half the battle. Um, the other half of the battle is prepping them, getting them ready for the launch. And so there's certain people dynamics that um, when, when it comes down to it, you have to be aware of and you have to be able to know how to handle it. And so the first thing is you need um, to recognize that on your team, there's going to be, uh, to, to pull off your launch successfully, there is going, and, and by launch, by the way, um, what I mean by launch is you open your doors to the public. So you always have a time where you're uh, in, in a home, I mean, today on Banner Brothers and Jump School, we talked about why meeting in a home is ideal for core team building. And so you spend anywhere from six months to 12 months, ideally around nine. Uh, I always say if it takes nine months to, to make a baby in the womb, it's probably enough time to, uh, you know, uh, bond a core team. Making a baby is probably a lot harder than bonding a core team, but, uh, or at least growing a baby. And growing that baby. Can we stop using this as our like <laughs> metaphor? Please? I can see you getting co- uncomfortable there on the other side of the glass. I'm like thinking but, of making a baby isn't actually all that hard. That's like a thought going through my I knew head. You were going there. That's why I corrected myself. It's so bad when we can see each other because I can see your expressions. But uh, but you know it, it, it's probably enough time to cook up your core team. And so here's the deal. Um, during that time, what you're really doing is forming and building relationships and, you know, you, you, you do all that, but I don't want to talk about building a core team. We actually really covered that in, um, Banner Brothers today. Um, but, but what I want to talk about is prepping for launch. And so the day that you open up to the public, you might be a small launch guy. We're like, no, we're just going to go in there and open the doors, you know, we'll have flyers, whatever. Or you could be the big launch guy. The big launch guy is like, he's going to carpet bomb the area with invitations. He might have giveaways. He might, I mean, it's a big production, right? Uh, famous speaker come. I mean, there's all different ways that, that guys do it, but I'm just talking a launch. I don't care what it looks like. You open your doors to the public for the first time. And, uh, and, and so the first thing that you're going to need is the understanding between visionaries and detail guys because you're going to need both right so usually visionaries and detail guys aren't the same guy so the guy who has all the ideas and all the vision and all the inspiration isn't usually the guy who's thinking down to the last detail so for example let's say i say um okay we're going to meet in the park and we're going to do evangelism and it's going to be really cool. Well, my detail guy comes along and goes, okay, what kind of permit do we need? Now, if you've done it before, you know, uh, if you're the visionary guy, like I'm a visionary guy and I'm, I'm somewhat detail oriented, but not <laughs> no, extremely. Not. The re- oh my gosh. What? You're not detail oriented. I am. No, I you're am. not. For church planning, I am. Well, we'll agree to disagree. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm not, I'm not the detail guy. No. Right. So here's the thing. What I know is I know that there's things 
that uh, need more work and need more doing. And I'm not the guy who's going to be thinking about that. So when I say that I'm not the detail guy, what I is probably where you're coming from. Um, but I'm not completely oblivious to details when it comes to church planning. I've done it enough. I know what stuff to anticipate. Um, I know what to expect. And I'll put guys over certain areas. And so normally you'll have a detail guy who will think things like, hey, what's the permit? What's it going to, what kind of permit do we need? Um, what about bathrooms? Okay, what about the easy apps? And he'll think uh, meticulously through every process. And, and the way that you'll come to realize you're not the detail guy is by being around the detail guy. Because he will hit you front, left, and center well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? Now, the first thing you need to know is it's okay to be the team leader. It's okay to be the visionary and not be the detail guy. So some leaders get really insecure, like they got to be both of these guys or they're not a good leader. No, you don't. You don't. Like I said, it's helpful to be aware of the details and you know that they are there and that you're going to need them. Um, but that you're more importantly going to need somebody else who is that detail guy to come along and do it for you. And you'll just find people, you know, a lot of times people that have the gift of serving end up being the detail guys. Um, you give them something and they run at it and they take care of everything that needs taking care of. And, uh, but you also need the visionary guy. And the visionary guy has to be able, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. I'll come back to it. But he has to be able to motivate the team. Detail guys tend not to motivate the team. In fact, detail mm. guys can demotivate the team. Yeah. They can actually drown out the visionary where what they see is obstacles and tasks. And if they're the louder voice, they actually get everyone going, oh, my gosh, this is really hard. Oh, my gosh, I don't know if we can pull this off. We hadn't thought this through. And so the visionary needs to be the loudest voice on the team. And the way that that happens is your communication skills with these guys need to be good. And you be the one communicating with the team as a group, but you also communicate with them as individuals. Because what a details guy will do is if you leave him off there in the realm of details, he'll drive himself nuts thinking about all the details. And then he's going, wait a second. Peyton doesn't know that we're doing this and that and that. Oh, wait, he hasn't thought this through. And so when you talk to him, you become a sounding board for him. And you'll actually work things out with him and or her. And what will happen is at the end of that, they will feel like they've gotten the weight of the world off their shoulders. You've given them permissions. You've given them guidance. You've given them uh, ideas. You've given them food for thought. But they're connecting with you. Now they feel safe. And once they feel safe... They're not going to go around talking to everyone going, oh, my gosh, this thing's going to fall apart. Oh, my gosh, they're not thinking it through. So your communication as the visionary with the detail guy needs to be really good. Well, yeah, and I would also say, too, that a lot of detail guys are um, are going to be your engineer types. Yeah. And in sales, we always like everyone always says, I don't want the engineer because they will like nitpick everything to death. Yeah. Kill it. Because that's yeah. just how they're wired. But they're actually, I mean, they're great at being an engineer. So you got to have, like you said, the detail guy. And But I understand you saying the visionary guy has got to be the loudest. To me, that makes so much sense. Because yeah. of dealing with the engineer mindset, Yeah, they can kill anything. Yeah. And, and so here's the thing is I can pull off a church plant because I've done it before. Right? And so I'm aware of those details. But... Here's the deal. God didn't really design people to be able to do both very well. You do occasionally find these people come and they're like prodigies. They, they, they can do it. You know, they can do both well. They can inspire people and they can do the detail stuff. But, you know, keep in mind that even our design as human beings, we have this thing called left brain and right brain where you've got left-handed people and right-handed people. Like you said, the engineer types, those are the right brain people. Um, the visionaries, uh, or excuse me, they're the left brain people. And the right brain people tend to be your creatives, you know, your left-handers, your, your whatevers. But it doesn't always fall neatly in those boxes. I'm not saying that all the left-handers are visionaries and all the, all the uh, right-handers are detail guys. What I'm saying is 
Don't try to be both. You don't have to be. Okay. Just understand God did that for a funny reason, I think. And that is, for example, um, you know, you, you've got your sound guy and worship guy. Sound guys, like Pete said, they're engineer types. They're going to be, uh, left brain people, right? They're, they're, they're just, they're more into the, the, the settings and the, and the numbers and the dials and the tech. And then you got your worship leader who's usually a you creative. You know, it's funny. There. I never thought about that, but I could so see that being the case. Well, and any pastor knows, like, there's so much conflict on a on a Sunday between the sound guys and the worship guys because they're just wired so different. The sound guys like, look, we got to do sound check. I mean, I needed you here by you know eight forty five, and the worship leader's like, hey man, relax. You know, I I got it all together. And what's your set? Give me your set list. Hey man, we're just gonna follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And the sound guy's like, I quit. (laughs) I've literally seen. That's so funny. I've never thought about that, but I could so see that. Yeah. And it's the same with prepping your team. You're gonna have these people. Now, praise God for the detail guys, right? They can they can get frustrated if they're not heard. And that's what you need to do is partner and talk to them. But also you need to inspire them. Um you know, part part of the reason that they're doing this is you got them excited and they're not doing the fun stuff, but you got to constantly infuse what they're doing with meaning. If you can infuse it with meaning, then it doesn't become, you know, like in the scripture, right? Like before the fall, uh, the work that Adam did in the garden was cool. God told him to do it. He said, cultivate a garden. And Adam got to garden and he got to make a beautiful garden and it, and it was cool and it glorified God. But he tells him afterwards, well, look, gardening's going to suck now. Um, the earth is going to produce thorns and thistles, and you will work the ground by the sweat of your brow, and you will know toil. And that word toil means meaningless labor, right? In other words, it wasn't fun anymore. Work, rather than being fun, sucked. And so you, you in, a, in a weird way, by infusing God back into it, you, you take them from toil to actually, no, I'm doing this and I'm working under the Lord and I'm glorifying God. And so you're, you're going to need to inspire them. Now, you may be the, the team leader and you are a detail guy and not a visionary. And that happens a lot where church planners may not be the visionary. Some of you guys are listening going, you know, I'm not that dude. Um, that's Okay. What what you will need to do is you will need to find others on your team who are good at that. And obviously, if if you follow this podcast and you followed anything that I've written um, or said, uh, you know, in my book or, you know, things I blog about, um, you'll know that that I'm very much about team ministry. Find someone on your team who's good. Let them do announcements. One of the things that we do is we. We constantly inspire people um, through announcements. Announcements we see is more than just like, hey, you know, don't uh, don't just tell me what's going on. Inspire me through the announcements. And so you put your visionary up there for announcements and you let him inspire people about stuff that's coming up. Why do you have me doing announcements? Yeah, but you're pretty good at it. (laughs) (laughs) You're actually the best we got. Yeah, well. It's a, it's a small church. <laughs> but but you know what's funny, Pete, is you're great at our announcements because the whole tongue-in-cheek, like a lot of people don't know, this is how we run our church. We literally, the way we're tongue-in-cheek here, we're super down-to-earth in the church, and we're serious about God. Like, really, like, I got to say, I go to Long Beach, and I just feel God's presence there. And, uh, you know, and you can tell, like, I preached at a church last Sunday morning, and He's just overwhelmed with God's presence. And um, that pastor's on sabbatical, and I wrote him, and I said, you should be really proud of your church, man, because I went there and I spoke, and the presence of God was just flowing through that place. And um, and and so, you know, it, it, that's what's important. But I, I would say we take God very seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously at all. <laughs> no, what's funny is um, I, I think you missed it, but this one Sunday— <laughs> Our uh, our worship leader forgot her guitar. I guess she thought she wasn't on that week, and so we had an all acapella worship time. And so then I had to do announcements, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I get up there and I'm like, 
Yeah, and by the way, you can give online so that way, uh, you know, if we get enough money, we can we can buy a, a backup guitar. So we've always got one. And like, <laughs> <laughs> no one laughs, and <laughs> and I was ready for that, right? So my follow up comment was, "Is it too soon? Is it too soon? <laughs> it's too soon." <laughs> and like in oh, my head, hilarious. I'm laughing so hard at that. But uh, and then I don't think they let me do announcements next week. But uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. I just had to share that story. That's hilarious, man. That's hilarious. Well, you know, okay, so going into this, how do you prep your team? So we've talked about those two different types of people. Be aware of it. But guys, please, for the love of Christ in his church, do not be insecure to think that you got to be the detail guy. You're just not going to be if you're the visionary. And if you're the detail guy, don't try to be the visionary. You, you will know, suck. One thing too to do. that I would throw out there is, um, you know, a big part of being a leader is, like you said, being able to delegate and and raise up other people. So if you're not the visionary, if you're not the detail guy, it's okay. Yeah, because a great leader is one that's going to recognize someone else who's got that skill. Yeah. And perhaps it's even better than yours. Now, that's where you got to really keep your ego in check. Maybe you're like, well, look, I'm a great visionary. But what if there's someone else who would also be really good at it, like better than you? Sometimes you got to put that ego in check and be like, look, I'm cool with that. Let's let's bring that person forward and let them fill that role. That's a really good point. And, you know, one of the things that uh, is really hard is communicating to your team that you're not the detail guy and it's okay to do that. Just say, you know, don't say I'm the de- I'm not the detail guy. The way that I do it is I say, look, uh, so people come to me and there's always this tendency to, um, gosh, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself in this, but I'll, I'll come back to it more. There's always this tendency for people to want to know every aspect of everything that's going on. So these detail-oriented people will come, and they don't just want to know the detail about their area. Let's say they're doing the food, and they're not doing the Sunday school, but they have to know all about the Sunday school ins and outs. It's okay to tell them, but usually at a certain point, um, like I had a guy call me, and he's like, what's going on for such and such? And I said, what do you mean? I go, for what? And he goes, the church. (laughs) I go, well... That's kind of a big topic. Um, what what do you need to know? I said that's a big topic. There's a lot of areas. I've put you in charge of of one area. What do you need to know about your area? And then he he said, well, blah 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 blah. You've asked me this, and so we chatted it through. Happy as a clam by the end of it. But I had to redirect him off of everybody else's area. What I've got is I've got a bunch of detail oriented people in charge of various areas and they've got it. Once you find those detail people and you put them in there, um, they've got it. But he, sometimes you'll find people are detail oriented in other people's uh, areas and what they do. And, and if you're a young leader or a new leader, they will start talking down to you if mm. they don't think that you have a grip on what's going on. And so what I've learned to do, kind of like what Pete said, you keep your ego in check. What you do is you just stay calm. You keep a cool demeanor. You don't get ruffled. In fact, a lot of times what will happen is they'll come to you in a panic. And you can't be like, oh, man, oh, my gosh. Because what you got to realize is, you know, it's kind of like in the military. Um, the, the officer has to keep his cool. Right. Bill Paxton's freaking out going, we're going to die, man. It's game over, game over. You know, cats and dogs living together. We're going to die. You know, the whole thing. And, you know, total chaos, you know, the whole thing uh, freaking out. And you have to be able to to just keep calm and say, hey, you know, what? it's going to be OK. And just smile and say, we've got this, you know, or I've got something in place for that. Don't worry. And if they go, well, what is it? Say you just then say, well, look. That's not really your area. There's only so much burden you can take. And what, you know, again, what what are you in charge of? Okay, well, let's just talk about it. Don't focus on what anyone else is doing. Now, you're being biblical because the couple times in the scripture where someone came to Jesus and, you know, like, like Martha, 
Martha's all busy, busy. What about Mary? Lord, make her. And he, he just he just goes, hey, <laughs> you know, she chose. She's doing cool. Leave her alone. Um, same with Peter. You know, what about John? And And Jesus goes, what about him? What's that to you? You know, like you just, you know, what have I asked you to do? You know, do that. And so what you're doing is you're just keeping people focused on what they need to focus on. And you can even tell them, you say, you know what, you drive yourself crazy. You're asking to know what I know. You don't need to know what I know. Um, that that's, that's my position right now as a leader. You don't got to say it like that, but you, you, you have the leadership. Um, you don't need to assert it. What I'm saying is you just keep almost humoring them um, because what, what will happen is if you give a detail-oriented person um, details outside of their parameter, first thing they do is they go over. Let's say they're doing the food. The first thing they do is they go over to the Sunday school and try to help them. Now it becomes a mess. Now the person you put in charge of it says, hey, so-and-so says that you sent him over here to talk to me. And they're feeling like you don't trust them. So you've got to protect all the different team members from each other in that sense. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting, but yeah. I mean, you you kind of really do. And so you you know, but I just smile and just kind of laugh and say, "I don't worry. I had to earn when I came in. I I gave the history of the church because I had inherited a couple people from the old team. Now, one of them, uh, he was good guy. He was a lawyer and he was he really wanted to be the senior leader there. And we never had problems or anything. He was always cool about it. And we had a talk early on where he and I met and I just said, hey, um, look, you know, I, I can see you've been dangling for a long time. People have made you promises for ministry and not not honored it and just kept you straggling along. And here I've come in. They've put me in here and, you know, I'm here and I can see very much you want to be a pastor. And he goes, well, that's always been my dream. And I said, well, look, I'll make a commitment to you. If you can give me time to get to know you, um, and that could be six months to a year and serve alongside you, I give you my word that at the end of that time, um, I, I will not straggle you along. I can see what's happening with you. I can see, you know, you've been very patient, but I give you, I give you my word. I'll tell you, if I don't think you should be here serving on this team, I will let you know. I won't beat around the bush. I'll just be clear. I think you should, should serve somewhere else because you're just, you're just not a good fit here. And it turns out he was a great guy, but he was very square. He had some very interesting ideas and, um, you know, biblical guy, don't get me wrong, but, um, right about the time I started feeling, I need to chat with him. Um, (laughs) I, I called him up and said, Hey, we need to meet. And, and here I am getting ready to tell him, um, I don't think you're uh, a good fit here. He tells me, Hey, I've just been invited to take, this church over here and boom, he was gone. And so it was kind of cool, you know, but, uh, but here's the deal. Um, the, the, where was it going? Oh, I was saying you got to keep everyone there, their, their area. Um, so here's the deal. Let me just back up. I want to give you the three things you have to do with your team. Sorry, baby monitors on. <laughs> do you just, hear that? Just let through? her cry. Just let her cry. <laughs> No, it wasn't that. It's I can hear my family in the in the house. I'm in my office, and uh, I can hear like the train actually. <laughs> so there's three things you have to do during the season with your core team. Number one, you have to inspire people, and we mentioned that already. But you need to inspire them. Um, they're scared, right? Um, second thing you need to do is reassure people. Um, they need reassurance that they're on on the right track. You got to keep your communication up. And lastly, you got to ignore people at a certain point and know when to ignore them and when not to ignore them. So, uh, it, it, this, the, so let me back up. Let's just unpack. So the first thing you got to do is inspire people. And like I said, they're scared. And, you know, whenever you're launching, um, this is all the unknown. It's something they haven't done. So what you have to constantly do is show them the people that are going to come to faith Talk about God's design on that community, his heart and his love. You're not saying anything. You're not being slick or, you know, a, a snake oil salesman. You're being genuine. 
Because if you understand the scripture, you understand God loves that community. And, you know, and, and you need to remind them of the whys. Why are we going in here? Those are the questions that inspire people. Okay. The what are the detail oriented questions. The why questions are the vision questions. Why are we doing this? And so you want people to really understand that. Um, it comes back to calling, right? Like when you're a, a, a minister, um, when you have your calling down, then you're ready to do it. I mean, you know, even when it's hard, you stick at it. The only reason any guy ever start, stays in ministry amidst all the crap that he goes through is calling. And Lloyd-Jones used to say, sometimes that's all you have to fall back on. And of course, Paul, right? The Apostle Paul, you can imagine he wanted to quit uh, when he was getting beaten, when he was hungry, when he was unfunded, um, when he was shipwrecked. That guy probably wanted to quit all the time. And yet he comes back to his calling. That dude knew his calling. A, an apostle set apart uh, from birth, right? Um, that, that dude knew what he was called to do. And so you need to inspire them. Constantly inspire them as a team. Tell them about the things that they're going to see. Tell them about, you know, you guys are going to see people come to faith. You're going to see God. Now, if if you don't come from a place where you yourself have seen miracles or God work in supernatural ways, you probably can't talk about that. But I had in church planning. So, um, and we did in Long Beach as well. So I would tell them, look, you're going to see this and that. And coming up in, uh, in Refuge Long Beach, we're going to see more. Like already the spiritual warfare in, in, in my life right now has kicked up off the chain. Um, it, it's just, it's been nasty. I mean, really nasty. And I have not done a good job recently of reminding my team that. But I remind my team, look, if your life starts falling apart when we're doing this, um, there's a reason uh, you're, you're a threat to the enemy. But I just want to read you a, a letter that I wrote to um, Refuge Long Beach about a week ago. Hey, refugees, we're going back to our roots. Many of you have heard stories of the amazing things that God did in Bixby Park. Others of you were there. We're looking to go back for six weeks of intense outreach in the park. Why? Because God meets us there every time. Just last Sunday, seven people came through, the, through our doors as a result of our outreach in the park. There's also one very strategic reason for doing six months of outreach. We've just launched out a church plan. That means we've just invested some of our best for the furthering of kingdom work. Whenever a church does that, it rethinks its mission, vision, and values. Ours has always been the same, to make disciples who make disciples. We'll accomplish both there. You'll be making disciples while being made a disciple in that park. This can happen daily, but it speeds up the process when you're on mission together. Jesus knew this, so he took out 12 with him on mission for three years. Paul knew this, so he took Timothy, Titus, and Silas and others with him. We're taking you. Think of it as a short-term summer mission trip for free. There is a cost, though. The cost will be inconvenience and security. It will mean parking is harder to get. If you struggle with this, just head down to the beach parking lot and walk up the hill. We won't have the best Sunday school facilities, but we'll have a playground. We won't have the best bathrooms in town, but if you buy a coffee at Hot Java, you can use theirs. There's always a way, and God is with us. We can't wait to go on mission with you again. Be praying, church. This is when it gets fun. These next six weeks will be a time you'll be telling stories about for years. Peyton. And all of that is true. But, you know, it, it, you got to have a little, I, I hate to say it this way, because when you use the term spin doctor, it sounds cheesy. But you learn in ministry that you can be thinking these things to yourself. But if you don't get them out to people, it does no good. It stops and ends with you. So you're really inspired while your team isn't. And so you have to constantly be the person who's telling people. There will be days you'll question. There will be times where you will lose the vision. You will lose hope. You will lose your juice like we talked last week. And oddly enough, your team will lift you up then. You'll have your day too. But you need to make sure that you're constantly feeding vision into them so that when you're faltering, they're super excited. And I got to tell you, I'm when I see my team excited, 
I've had multiple texts over the last two weeks, and I didn't even know if I was going to be there on the day, but people just go on, I am so excited. I can't wait to get back into Bixby, or I wasn't there last time. I can't wait to go. That's what you want to be hearing. You want to be hearing people getting excited. So you want to inspire people. I'm down, man. I'm down. In fact, I was uh, I was looking over the sound clips, and uh, I think I found a couple that fit our topic for the day. This this is one if you've got a disciple making a disciple. Always two. There are a master and an apprentice. And then you got the guy who's like, no, no, I, I, I'm I'm the stuff. When you're one of a kind, companionship does not compute. And then you got the other guy that you got to deal with, and this is his where he's coming from. Don't make me destroy you. See there. Ooh, I like that. So you're saying the inspire people quote, the reassure people quote, and the ignore people quote. I'm just saying there. I, I like it. I was coming up with some sound effects to fit your topic. Hey, and this is why we're such a good team. Although, you know, I know that you do think of yourself as Kit and me as David Hasselhoff. I know. <laughs> because when you said that quote that says, uh, when you're one of a kind, I'm like, yeah, that's Pete. That's how Pete thinks about it. No, actually, that, this, this is how I think of myself. Jeez, I got to take a leak so bad I can taste it. <laughs> Probably our most used sound effect on the podcast alongside Mamma Mia, that's a one of spicy meatballs. I was just going to hit that one. Mamma Mia, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> so so it's been a second. long morning. This is why we don't go from Band of Brothers directly into a podcast. I know, and we're approaching the end, huh? Oh, we're done. We're, we're at the end. I think we, oh, we got to put a cap on that. More. We got to put a cap on that. Okay. Well, look, guys, the, 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 the last thing, I think I hit all these, to be honest. Reassuring people. Again, that's just all about communication. You just have to communicate with them. Um, constantly contact your people once you're detail-oriented guy, your heads, and make sure you have heads of these things. Um, you'll have teams for Sunday school, teams for meals, teams for ushers. Make sure you have a head and communicate with them. You only have to communicate with them. Do it about once a, once a week. And as you do... You will again get rid of, you'll discharge their frustration. The pepper pot won't boil over. They won't be frustrated. They won't feel unheard. They won't feel alone. They won't be scared. It's reassurance. And sometimes you'll have to correct them when you're talking to them. They might like uh, one guy I was talking to this week. He's like, we need a porta potty because, well, and I, and I, that's where I just said, no, I've already talked to Hot Java about using their coffee and we're going to do that and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, if you buy a cup of coffee from them, then they'll uh, they'll let you use their bathroom. And he's like, that's too far to walk. And I'm like, no. And so by the end of it, he saw it. He's like, actually, that's a really good plan. Because I'm like, look, man, we don't have to brew our own coffee. We don't have to this. We don't. And he was reassured. And so you're going to need to do that. And like I said, at a certain point, you'll know when to ignore people. And that's just, you just don't answer them when they're asking about everybody's area. You just well, yeah, keep focusing and, and, But at the same time, too, sometimes they bring up really great points that you're like, oh, wow, I'm glad they thought of that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like they might say, hey, I was thinking about Sunday. Don't shut them down yeah. for that. But if they start panicking about someone else's thing, just say, don't worry, we got it. You know, But you are listening. Of course, you're listening. But you're not inviting them in to be the solution for that. Just say, okay, well, thanks for sharing that with me. And, you know, boom, boom, boom. You're right. 100%. They, they will sometimes hit you with stuff that is very valuable. And you can go back, but you go back. You don't invite them in to get involved if it's not their area. You go back and communicate um, with that person. And then the last thing is you need to be praying. At the end of every phone call with those people and also as a team, you should be meeting once a month, maybe even once a week. Right now, we've got a group that's meeting once a week. Boom. Excuse me. Once a week in Bixby. It started probably about two months ago and in anticipation of for going back into the park. As soon as we made the announcement, uh, this one guy in our church uh, started up a prayer meeting um, in Bixby. And, you know, you, you haven't really led a group of people well or prepped them in any way if you're not getting them together for prayer. 
And, um, and so, so that's where I would end, you know, be praying together as a team and pray every time you talk with someone about it, uh, about what's coming up. One of your, your, your mini leaders for whatever you're pulling off, make sure that you're praying with them and praying for them. And, uh, and that's all I have to say about that. I dig it. So basically all you're telling people is do or do not. There is no try. Absolutely. And the, in the words of the wise Yoda master do, or, or every once in a while you might throw in a, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yes. That's how you deal with the ignore people. And then at the very end, you pretty much just say, get to the church blind, get to the church blind, go now. I so hear that music in my head now. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, well, this has been the Church Planter Podcast. Reminding you, if you want to reach ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planter Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planter Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church